Well, take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to Isaiah chapter 4. And momentarily, we will be in verse 2 and following. And we're going to cover the whole chapter, but when you find out, it's only uh, six verses, all right? So we can cover that a little bit easier. Last week was a little bit on the tough side, but I received a lot of uh, nice notes saying even though it was a little bit tough, it sure was a, a sweet word from the Lord, not my sermon, but just the word of God itself. And today, uh, we're going to have a text that's really about, again, just like we've already seen in chapter 2, the end of time. And I think it's good to think about the end of time. A lot of times people will say something like this. I think these are the worst days in all of history. Well, I, I understand that we're living in a very dark spiritual time. You don't have to be real wise to understand that. But I will tell you this. If I had lived in the 1930s and 1940s, I would have thought that Hitler was the Antichrist. I just would have. There have been other tough times. The Civil War was a terrible time. More Americans were killed in that war than any other war on our soil. 600,000 men were killed in the Civil War. I would have thought that that could have been the time when Jesus would come back if I had lived in the 1860s. I would have thought that several times in our history back in George Washington's day when things looked so bleak, it would have been easy to say, you know, surely the Lord is about to come. And we don't know exactly when that will be, but he is coming back. And he's got all that set out. And look at me, he will not be late. He will not be early. He will be right on time. And today we're going to see one of the most beautiful Old Testament references to Jesus, the Messiah, who when he returns, guess what? Everything's going to be all right. Jesus started this all. Jesus is in charge of this all. And Jesus will have the final say about everything that happens in the universe. So rest assured, things are not out of control. God is not panicking. God has a plan. God is sovereign. He's not just our savior. He is our sovereign ruler. And I want us to think about him in that way. Yes, dark times will come. We're going to see later on, way over in chapter 60. Here's what Isaiah said. He said, arise and shine. If you've ever said that to your children, you just quoted them scripture, all right? Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover this earth and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you. His glory will appear upon you. Nations will be drawn to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Here's what he's saying. Yes, we live in a dark world, but if you'll shine the light of God, people will be drawn to it. People are hungry for truth. Did you know that? People are hungry for hope. People are hungry for the peace that only Christ can give. So if you'll shine that light, people will be drawn to it in the dark days in which you and I live. Spiritual darkness is in our day, but it's always been that way. And today we're going to see that God 
has a day of light coming. The day of the branch of the Lord. Look at Isaiah 4, verse 2. You say, why don't we start in verse 1? Now, if you say that, you weren't here last week because verse 1 was part of last week, all right? Look at verse 2. In that day, the branch of the Lord. Say that word with those phrase with me. The branch of the Lord. Circle that and put right beside it, this is Jesus. Jesus is the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious. How many of you know that Jesus is beautiful and glorious? Amen. And the fruit of the earth will be the pride and the adornment of the survivors of Israel. It will come about that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Everyone who is recorded for life, that's the book of life, in Jerusalem. When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the bloodshed of Jerusalem from her midst, by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning, then the Lord will create over the whole area of Mount Zion and over her assemblies a cloud by day, even smoke, and the brightness of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory will be a canopy. There will be a shelter to give shade from the heat by day and refuge and protection from the storm and the rain. Father, let the words of our mouths, the meditation of all of our hearts, be acceptable in thy sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's talk about the day of the branch of the Lord, the day of the coming of Christ. On the day of the branch of the Lord, God's son will be preeminent. He will be preeminent. Look at the first part of verse two. In that day, there's a day coming when Christ will come. The branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious. He's talking about the Jewish Messiah, the branch of the Lord. You read about him in that famous Messianic text, Isaiah 53, that talks about the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And he says in Isaiah 53, verse 2, for he grew up before him, that is the son, grew up before the father like a tender shoot, there it is, like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form. Jesus has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him in his physical sense, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was just a normal looking Jewish person, but he was almighty God on the inside. It says Messiah has, was a tender shoot. He was a root. A shoot refers to a sprout or a bud. A root refers to something that is beginning of a beginning. It's a source. It's the root of something. Jesus was born as a tender shoot. He was the Christ child. He was God in the flesh in the form of a baby boy. And he was also a root, the original, only exclusive Messiah. If you're looking for the Messiah to come, Look no longer. He's already come. He came 2,000 years ago. His name is Jesus. He is the Messiah. And he is beautiful. And he is glorious. And he is the prophetic branch of the Lord in the Old Testament. There are many verses in the Old Testament about the branch of the Lord. Jeremiah 23, 5. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David... Notice it's in the lineage of David. The Christ is a righteous branch. He will reign as king. 
He will act wisely. He will do justice and righteousness in the land. You know, everybody's thinking that justice is just a new thing to talk about. I got news for you. The prophets talked about justice and righteousness hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years ago. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is interested in justice and in righteousness. The Bible says he's coming and he's going to bring justice and righteousness to the land. Jeremiah 33, 15, in those days and at that time I will cause a righteous branch of David, there it is, to spring forth, this is Jesus, and he shall execute justice and righteousness on the earth. Zechariah 3, verse 8, now listen, Joshua the high priest, you and your friends who are sitting in front of you, indeed, they are men who are a symbol for behold, I am going to bring in my servant, the branch. Who is that? Jesus. I'll give you one more, Zechariah 6, 12. Then say to him, thus says the Lord of hosts, behold, a man whose name is Branch, for he will branch out from where he is and he will build the temple of the Lord. Isaiah 4. This is where the prophet says in that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious. In other words, a day is coming. A day is coming when Messiah will appear and he will be the branch of the Lord. He will be beautiful. It's a word that means he will be honorable and glorious. It's the word kabod. It means glory. And when you put the little I before it, Ichabod means no glory. Kabod means glory. He's not Ichabod. Jesus is not Ichabod. He's not no glory. Jesus is Kabod. He is the glory of God. In that day, Jesus, the branch of the Lord, will return to the earth. It will be a beautiful return. It will be a glorious, splendorous, wonderful return. He's going to be preeminent when he returns for his children. Christians, in the rapture of the church, before the great tribulation. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Hey, if you don't like shouting, don't die. Because they're shouting in heaven. And when Jesus comes back, he's going to shout. With the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up. That's the Latin word for rapio, raptured up, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always or ever be with the Lord. Oh, how glorious Jesus will be when we see him in the rapture. Oh, but he's also going to be Glorious when he comes back with us in the second coming on his white horse. Revelation 19, 11 through 16. And I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he who sat upon it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes, all those eyes are a flame of fire. And on his head he has many diadems. He has a name written upon him which no one knows except himself. He's clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. That's us. We're following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword so that with it he may smite the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. 
And he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written. Say it out loud with me, good and strong. King of kings and Lord of lords. Say it again. King of kings and Lord of lords. You better get used to those words because you're going to be saying that a lot in heaven. On the day of the branch of the Lord, God's son will be preeminent. Jesus is coming back. He'll be preeminent in the rapture. He'll be preeminent in the second coming. Every knee will bow. Every tongue that has blasphemed him will confess now that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every Muslim will bow. Every Hindu will bow. Every atheist will bow. Every antagonist will bow. Every demon will bow and the devil himself will bow and say that Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh, the preeminent Son of God. What a day of reckoning is coming. It will be glorious when the preeminent Jesus comes through the sky. Praise his holy name. God's Son, Jesus, will be preeminent on the day of the branch of the Lord. But then also on the day of the branch of the Lord, secondly, God's remnant will be preserved. Oh, we're going to be saved. We're already saved, but we're going to be saved again, if you will. We're going to be rescued by our Redeemer. Look at the middle part of verse 2 and go through verse 3. And the fruit of the earth will be the pride and the adornment of the survivors of Israel. Underline survivors there. That's you. That's me. It will come about that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Everyone who is recorded for life in Jerusalem. In these two verses, God describes his righteous remnant. They are referred to as the survivors of Israel. The ones who are left in Zion and remain in Jerusalem who will be called holy. Everyone who is recorded for life in Jerusalem. These are Old Testament prophetic references to followers of Messiah, Jesus Christ. These followers will survive when Christ comes to take us in the rapture before the great tribulation. We will be the ones who are left in Zion. We will remain in Jerusalem. We will be called holy as we live in Jerusalem after the second coming of Jesus during the millennial reign of Christ. Jesus talked about that in Matthew 19 when he said, Truly I say to you that you who have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, that's him sitting on earth in his throne, he will be king of kings and lord of lords over this throne. It will be a restoration of the Garden of Eden. You also shall sit upon 12 thrones. He's talking to his apostles, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Notice that Christianity will supersede Judaism. Judaism will not sit on thrones judging us. We will sit on thrones judging that because the New Testament replaces the Old Covenant. We'll that'll be consisted of everyone whose name is recorded for life in Jerusalem. That is everyone whose name is in the book of life. I want to ask you, where is your name right now? 
Some of you have your name on vast property. Some of you have your name attached to bank accounts with a great deal of money. Maybe you have some wonderful investments. Maybe you have your name in someone's will. And when they die, you receive this big inheritance. That's wonderful. That's great as far as that goes. But that is nothing compared to having your name in the Lamb's book of life. Do you know that your name is there? If you've only got two pennies, but you've got your name in the Lamb's book of life, you are a lot better off than somebody who is supposedly rich in the world's understanding of that phrase, but they don't have their name in the Lamb's book of life. The Bible says in Exodus 32, 32, Moses is talking to God. And he said, but now if you will not forgive the people of their sin, if not, blot me out from your book which you have written. I want to tell you something. That's a bold prayer right there. Oh, God. You know, Paul prayed something like it. He said, I could wish that I would be accursed if my fellow Jews would just be saved. That's exactly what Moses was saying. Oh, God, if you won't forgive their sin, then just go ahead and blot my name out of the book of life. Daniel 12, verse 1. Now, at that time, Michael, that's the archangel, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress. That's the great tribulation. Such has never occurred since there was a nation until that time. And at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book will be rescued. And then the greatest reference to the book of life came from Jesus when his disciples had told him, hey, the demons are subject to us in your name. He said, oh, I saw Satan falling like lightning. But then he said, nevertheless, Luke 10, 20, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits, the demons are subject to you, but rejoice, read it out loud with me, that your names are recorded in heaven. Aren't you glad that when you got saved, God supernaturally took the blood of Jesus and wrote your name in his book. Praise the living. Can we just thank God that our names are in the Lamb's book of life? Amen. 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 Now some folks say, I believe we'll go through the great tribulation. Let them go through it if that's what they want to do. I don't believe we're going to go through the great tribulation because the great tribulation is the wrath of God and Jesus bore our wrath when he died for us on the cross. I'm like the guy that said, I am prepared for the going through the great tribulation, but I'm praying that I won't go through the great tribulation. So that's a good place to be. But Christians will be persecuted, no doubt about that. But I don't believe we'll go through the wrath of God. And the great tribulation is the wrath of God. Bible says in Matthew 24, 21, and 22, for there will be greater anguish than at any time since the world began. It will never be so great again. In fact, unless that time of calamity is shortened, not a single person would have survived, but it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. Those who are Christians at the rapture of the church will be snatched away. 
Bible says in Luke 17, I tell you, Jesus is talking here. He says, I tell you, on that night, there will be two in one bed. One will be taken, the other will be left. There will be two women grinding at the same place. One will be taken, the other will be left. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other will be left. Have you ever thought about the rapture? You ready for that? That could happen before the end of this sermon. Are you ready? Do you know the Lord? Have you ever been saved? On the day of the branch of the Lord, God's remnant will be preserved. We're going to be with Jesus. The rapture means he'll snatch us away from this wicked world. Then for the next seven years, while this world is going through the great tribulation, we'll be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then we'll come back with Jesus and with Jesus we will reign on this earth for a thousand years. I get tickled when I think about what will be at the movie at that time. Movies about Jesus, amen. What will be on television? Shows about Jesus Christ. Talk shows about Jesus Christ. Movies about Jesus. Documentaries about Jesus Christ. All written by Jesus Christ for the glory of Jesus Christ. What will be in the library? Books about Jesus Christ, all written by Jesus Christ, all affirmed by Jesus Christ. Everything's going to be about Jesus Christ. Turn on the radio, there's Jesus Christ. They're singing about Jesus Christ. That's all that's going to be for a thousand years. God's going to clean this place up, and it needs cleaning up. Amen? And God can clean it up with his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Good things coming. Have you ever repented of your sins? Have you ever received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Don't you love testimonies like we just saw? People on drugs coming to Jesus, him cleaning them up from the inside out, putting their name down in the Lamb's book of life, putting the Holy Ghost down in them and letting them now grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Don't you want that? Aren't you tired of not having purpose in life? Aren't you tired of living the way you've lived? Aren't you ready to say, Lord, I give you my life as a living and holy sacrifice. I repent of my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. I receive you now. I believe you died for me on the cross. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you're coming again. Jesus Christ, branch of the living God, save me right now. If you would call upon the name of the Lord, whosoever, I don't care what sin you've committed, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Give him praise right now, church. Give him praise. Amen. Amen. God's remnant will be preserved. Number three, the day, on the day of the branch of the Lord, God's remnant will be purified. Look at verse four. When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion. Did you know that Christians sin? Not that you don't like that, do you? Yeah. Christians sin, and we need to be purified. We've already been saved. We've already been purified in that sense, but we need to be daily, refreshingly cleansed. The daughters of Zion, the washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the bloodshed of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning. No one enters heaven unless their sins have been washed away and purged. 
When Jesus died on the cross, he died and paid the penalty for your sin, and he bore your sin in his body. And only through his shed blood can you be forgiven. Isaiah refers to that purging of your sins as the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning. God is not burning you up, and he is not judging you, but he is judging your sin and burning your sin up when he saves you. So when Jesus returns, he will meet a pure bride, a cleansed bride, cleansed and washed in the love and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but once in a while, somebody will send me a song. They'll text me a song and I'll listen to it. But one just that somebody sent to me, it gripped my heart and I'm not going to sing it to you. It wouldn't do it justice, but I would just encourage you to go look up on YouTube a blind man named Gordon Moat and just listen to him sing when mercy walked in. Listen to these words. I stood in the courtroom. The judge turned my way. Son, it looks like you're guilty. Now what do you say? I spoke up, your honor, I have no defense, but that's when mercy walked in. Mercy walked in and pleaded my case. Call to the stand, God's saving grace. The blood was presented that covered my sin and I was forgiven when mercy walked in. I stood there and wondered, how can this be? Someone so guilty, I've just been set free. My chains were broken. I felt born again the moment that mercy walked in. Mercy walked in, pleaded my case, called to the stand. God's saving grace, the blood was presented that covered my sin. I was forgiven when mercy walked in. Can we thank God for the mercy of God? Amen. <laughs> I've listened to that all week long. And I shouted to God, thank you, Lord, that 46 years ago this month, mercy walked in in my life. Praise the living God. Are your sins forgiven by the mercy and grace of God? Are you part of God's purified remnant, are you, that's going to be preserved? The Lord will wash away the filth of your sin. He will purge the bloodshed from your midst, he will send a spirit of judgment upon your sin and a spirit of burning against your sin that only the blood of Jesus and the righteousness of Jesus can accomplish. And when it's poured out on your sin, you will be saved. Everybody in this room is a sinner who needs salvation. And I can hear some of you say, well, I'm not as bad in so-and-so, and you've picked out the worst person in the room, Amen. You compare yourself to somebody else. The one you need to compare yourself to is Jesus Christ. And when the Bible says we fall short of the glory of God, Jesus is the glory of God. And we all fall short of his glory. The psalmist said in Psalm 14, 3, they have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. 
There's not a person in this room that is totally good. Isaiah 53, 6, all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. That's what sin is. We want it our way, not God's way. Isaiah 64, verse 6, for all of us have become like one who is unclean, one who has leprosy. And all of our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment. You know what a filthy garment is talking about? The rags wrapped around the sores of a leper. And that is as nasty as you get, all right? The best you can do is like a rag that has been wrapped around the sores of a leper. That's your best day. When you try to say that you're good enough to get into heaven. No, you're not. All of us wither like a leaf. Our iniquities like the wind take us away. Romans 3.23 is probably the most famous verse about this in the Bible. Read it with me. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I got news for you. The only one that can forgive you is the one who shed his blood for you, Jesus. Muhammad didn't shed his blood for you. Confucius didn't shed his blood for you. No Wiccan shed their blood for you. No warlock shed their blood for you. Jesus Christ shed his blood for you to forgive you of your sins. He is the only way to God, the only way. He said so, John 14, 6, he says to them, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. No wonder the apostles, when they were arrested for preaching Jesus, said there's salvation in no one else. Acts 4.12. For there's no other name, talking about the name of Jesus under heaven, that has been given among men whereby we must be saved. Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2.5, there's only one God, Timothy, and there's only one mediator also between God and men. The man Christ Jesus, this wicked world, is not the home of any Christian. We are pilgrims passing through. Hebrews 13, 14 says, For here we do not have a lasting city. You can build a house 50 years later. It's starting to show some wear and tear. Houses don't last. Buildings don't last. Money doesn't last. Hey, Go look in the mirror. Your body doesn't last. <laughs> Regardless of how you cover it up, it still shines through. <laughs> but we are seeking the city which is to come. Here we don't have a lasting city, but we are a city seeking the city which is to come. And praise God, aren't you glad a better day is coming? Aren't you glad that a greater city is coming? Aren't you glad you're going to get a new body? Aren't you glad that everything's going to be new in heaven? Amen? Amen. God's remnant will be purified on the day of the branch of the Lord. And finally, on the day of the branch of the Lord, God's glory will be prevalent. Oh, look at verses 5 and 6. This will get you happy. Then the Lord will create over the whole area of Mount Zion. That's Jerusalem. And this is in the 
time called the millennial reign of Christ. Over her assembly is a cloud by day. Where did I read that? Old Testament, wilderness wandering, glory of God. Even smoke, the brightness of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory will be a canopy. There will be a shelter to give shade from the heat by day. Refuge and protection from the storm and the rain. I believe that the millennial reign of Christ will be, again, the restoration of the Garden of Eden, and it will even be better than the Garden of Eden. And guess what Jesus Christ will be called during those thousand years? You ready for this? The branch of the Lord. Where did you get that? Isaiah 11. Just, I'll just read a few verses from it. Read it. Just follow it on the screen. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. This is the sevenfold Spirit of the living God. This is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of wisdom and the understanding, the Spirit of counsel and strength, the Spirit of knowledge and the Spirit of fear. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. And he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Also righteousness will be the belt about his loins and faithfulness the belt around his waist. And the wolf will dwell with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little boy will lead them. A cow, the cow and the bear will graze together. Their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra and the weaned child will put his hand on the viper's den. There will be peace on earth. Johnny, go play with the cobra. They will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. No more war. No more fussing and fighting politically. No more racial division. No more snarky words on social media. They will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Let's read that again. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Say it again. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Can I have an amen in the house of God? Amen. Praise God. Then in that day, the nations will resort to the root of Jesse, who will stand as a signal for the peoples, and his resting place will be glorious. Oh, God's glory will be prevalent. The Lord is going to create over the whole mountain of Zion, over all of Jerusalem. And we're going to be there over all of our assemblies, a cloud by day, even smoke and the brightness of a flaming fire by night, we're going to know that God is in the house. Amen. For over all, the glory will be a canopy. It will protect us from the heat of day. It will also protect us from the rainstorms. And Jesus Christ will be King of kings and Lord of lords. 
What a glorious day is coming. What a glorious day is coming. So, let's quit belly aching. Let's quit griping about how bad it is. I'm kind of tired of that, aren't you? Did you see what happened? No, but I can probably tell it wasn't very good the way you're talking about it. I don't need one more negative thing, all right? I'm not going to look at all this stuff. I'm not, I, I may glance at it, but I'm not going to gaze at it. I'll give this world a glance. I'll give this sinful world a glance. But I'm going to give my Savior a daily gaze. And I'm going to look into his eyes until I feel that he has filled my soul with his spirit and his word and his truth and his promises. And then I'm going to go out and I'm going to be a little piece of heaven walking around in all of this other that's out here negatively. I'm not trying to say I've got it all together. I don't. I get mad sometimes just like you do. I, I'm sinful just like you are sometimes. We all, I understand that. But the more we fill ourselves with these promises, the more we live in the world, in, in the word of God, in this wicked world, the more we'll, we are able to witness to this world and say, look, a better day is coming. The branch of the Lord, Jesus Christ, is coming. He will give you hope. He will give you peace. And he is the only one that can forgive your sins. On the day of the branch of the Lord, God's son will be preeminent. God's remnant will be preserved. God's remnant will be purified. God's glory will be prevalent. And it will all take place when Jesus comes and reigns on this earth for a thousand years. There's a great hymn writer named Isaac Watts. I've been to his grave in London. He wrote a beautiful hymn. It's one of the few hymns that talks about the millennial reign of Christ. Jesus shall reign where'er the sun doth its successive journeys run. His kingdom stretch from shore to shore till moon shall wax and wane no more. To him shall endless prayer be made and praises throng to crown his head. His name will like sweet perfume shall rise with every morning sacrifice. People and realms of every tongue dwell on his love with sweetest song and infant voices shall proclaim their early blessings on his name. Blessings abound where'er he reigns. The prisoners leap to loose their chains. The weary find eternal rest and all who suffer want are blessed. Let every creature rise and bring the highest honors to our king. Angels descend with songs again. And earth repeat the loud amen. Let's thank God for the righteous branch of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise you, Lord.